When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Match of My Career podcast. My name is Todd Schooler, and in this podcast, I talk to retired tennis players about the most memorable match of their careers. In this episode, I'm chatting with Australian Joe Siriani. Joe reached a career high 138 in singles and 107 in doubles. Currently, he's the coach of Australian female player Lizette Cabrera. He works with ITF players from the Oceania region at Hume Tennis Centre and is the tennis director of the first at Scotch College in Melbourne. Being a Melbourne boy, the Australian Open was obviously the dream growing up, and I sat down with him to discuss his 2003 Round 1 victory over Belarusian Max Murney. Here's my chat with Joe Siriani. Joe, thanks for joining me on the podcast. I appreciate your time. We've, uh, we've been trying to get, get hold of each other for a while now, so it's good to finally uh, see you in person, online anyway. Yeah, no, exactly. It's been a while, and um, thanks for the call. That's all right. So today we're going to talk about favorite match of your career and we go back to 2003 which is 20 years ago which is crazy but it is uh second round versus max murney there's no video footage so i'm gonna have to trust you to tell us how it all played out i was searching online on youtube but i couldn't find anything so uh, i'll remember a little bit but um i wish there was a bit of footage that'd be great for my own personal use um you received a wild card into the event um, fortunate enough to, to get through and, and, and win the, the wild card, um, and then able to play the 2003 Australian Open main draw. Does that wild card playoff kind of set you up quite well for the tournament because you got to play three or four? Are the best of five? Yeah, so the final was best of five, but yeah, you, you ended up playing about three, about four, four matches, and it was a great lead up. It was a great tournament. It was great um, incentive for all. Aussie players uh, to play and, and it was a good way to get into and, and win a wild card into main draw because then that sets you up for the for the summer. You knew that you were in main draw, so then you were able to to train freely. Uh, the stresses of, you know, am I going to get a wild card and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, and then play all the other uh, lead up events. It was a lot easier to to focus on focus on on your game and also the tournaments and then the big one, uh, the Australian Open. Yeah, and that, that was yeah my next question, so it was perfect. I was going to say, what was the build-up like? I guess it relaxes you a little bit knowing you're in and you can train hard and, yeah. Yeah, it does, it does. Like, I mean, you know, you, you've got Sydney uh, International at the time. Uh, that was that was a good lead-up. Uh, you had Adelaide as well. Yeah, you know, I was able to play play those and, and, and get good matches under the belt before the Australian Open. And you pretty much before that, you'd generally only played ITF tournaments, hadn't you? You hadn't played much, many tour matches or slam matches. I know you played a couple of Aussie Opens, but bowed out in the first round both times. Yeah, so I think this was my third time, third or fourth time in, in the main draw. Yeah, but le- leading up to that, there was just challenges. So how much of a big jump is it, um, I guess, mentally and physically to, to be going into a Grand Slam? Look, it's um like it, it it's huge. Uh, the 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 pressures, the stresses, and you know seeing those guys on TV and and, and you know, how they play. And but I had a good lead up. Also, you get the chance to to practice and train with these guys during the events. 
So that was really good. It's sort of, you know, that you're, be capable of, of, of playing with them at their level. So it's sort of, you know, it gives you so much confidence as well going into an event and relaxes you because they're actually, you know, they're, they're nice. You know some of the guys as well. You'd men- you mentioned that you, this was your third or fourth time. What learnings can you take from the previous Australian Opens where you did bow out first round? Do you learn much from that or is it just a case of, you know, beating on the day and we move on? No, look, you do. You always go back and you assess the game and, and how you played and how they played and, and try to try to work on, on, on the areas that, you know, you, you, you didn't play as well that day. So, um, you know, and I, I always did that. Um, I got fitter. I think that was huge for me. Um, I had a good pre-season in, in Europe, in, in Holland. That was September, I think, of 2002, getting into the gym, working a lot harder, building up, you know, your, your muscles and everything and uh, also mentally I think I did a little bit of uh, mental work at the time as well and that, that helped well, I saw as well these guys being at these events what they were doing so that's I started doing that a lot more is there a huge difference when you watch when you watch these guys at the big events and then you go back to your challenger and ITF events do you see that is there a big difference in work they put in that you can just notice straight away I look back then I I did like a lot of the guys were in the gym, they were working, they were doing, you know, they had, their, they had a team as well. So that, that makes it a lot easier for them, hard for us. So that's something that I noticed. And having having a team just helps big time. So you've got a fitness instructor, they've got like, you know, their, their, their coach, they're always traveling together. So it makes it a lot easier for them. But it's something that we, you know, being on a challenger circuit, we had to achieve, try to be um, top 100 to, to afford having a team full time. It's easy to get stuck in the ITF futures range, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, 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 it is. So, but seeing them in the gym and how they worked, it was an eye-opener for me. So that's what I started doing a lot more. And then I think that's what happened with, with my career, it prolonged my career, and I retired at, I think it was 37. So, yeah, I, I started getting to the gym. I wish I got, got into the gym a lot earlier, teenage years, but I ended up being getting into the gym, I think it was like early 20s. You live and learn. Well, that's right. Exactly. So at the, t- at the time, you were ranked 252 and Max was 49 in the world. So obviously you'd never played him before and it was a lot harder to watch matches back on, on TV back then. So did you know much about him or had you seen him play a lot? Um, what kind of scouting were you able to do? Yeah, I had a few people scouting. had a few um, coaches, uh, Australian coaches actually talked to me about him as well. I've seen him on TV. I've seen him live um, and how he played. So I did do a bit of scouting myself. I knew he had a massive serve. Yeah, beforehand, he was serve volleyer. Don't know how tall he was, but I think he was like 6'6". Six, six, he I was think. a big unit. Something like that. Yeah, it was a big unit. So the big Belarusian. <laughs> and yeah, intimidating, put it that way. When you step on court with him, he was very intimidating. So. so do you remember the tactics going in? What were the tactics? The tactics... I had to basically return his serve, try to get it low because he was a big unit. And his back end, I think at the time, was his weakness. He, he, he did sort of chip it around. But, yeah, that, that, was, that was my tactic. If he came in, like, because he closed in really close, like it was a lob. So I got that from, I'm pretty sure it was Mark Draper. He, he, he gave me a few tactics. He, he, uh, so that was nice of him. And I remember that. 
and I, I used that tactic. I, I used a lot, quite a bit, because once it was over his head, he I don't know he struggled moving and getting back to that um, getting back to the log. But going into that match, I was actually really really confident. I was I don't know I don't know how to explain it. I was like, not that I did. Of course I I, I cared, but like I. I was just free, like a free spirit. I, I was like in, in, in the zone. Yep. And um, and that might be because you had that the month leading up to it where you were free. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. It just, I was, yeah, look, I was really relaxed and, and going into that match and confident uh, with my game and, and the preparation that I, that I did leading up to it. Do you remember the court you played on? It was court 13 out the back. Big crowd, good atmosphere. Had a great crowd. Obviously, I'm from Melbourne. Had um, family and friends there, so it was just it was just awesome. Like, and, and I played really well. I returned well, which was my my focus. Ended up beating Max in, in straight sets, so that was yeah, that was that was a big win for me. And um, it was third third time lucky to finally get through. Do you, do you remember much of how the match played out? So first set broken once. So the final score was six three six four six four. So breaking every set. Do you yep. remember? Like, do you remember how it started out, or set by set? Um, yeah, good question, Todd. I basically remember the match point. I, I I just remember match point in a way. I mean, I remember a lot of the points, but match point for me was special because that was the first time I served volley. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so um, was that because you were getting nerves? No. No, no. I just decided to do it, and um, like I felt really good, and I served to his backhand. I think it was like forty thirty or something like that, and I uh, served to his backhand. He's chipped it. I've just run in and, and knocked off the volley, and that was it. Put my arms in the air. <laughs> but um, it was sort of surreal because I was like, "Oh wow, I've just I've just beaten Max." Uh, he was seeded at the time. I think I think he was thirtieth seed. So I think, but um, yeah, look, it was emotional because it was. Serving for the match, it's it's another thing that I do remember. I um, it was really emotional for me because I knew I had him in a way. I know you're not supposed to think of, think of the future and all that kind of stuff, but I knew that it's in my hands. Yeah, yeah. So you knew you had him then, but if we go back a little bit, so you may not remember any of this, but you take the first set, you're one set up with a home crowd. I assume going nuts. Well, yeah, on the changeover there. What's the mind process? Is it all right? I mean, I'm still in the zone. I'm feeling good. I've I've got him. Is it that, or is it way too early to be thinking like that? You just got to reset, start again. Just re- reset and start again. It's too, it's too early uh, to after after the first set. But um, just use my breathing. Just the, the just the tactics with my sports psychologist. What we're working on, and yeah, just play the same. Stay confident and just keep on playing. Just the way you've been playing. So. Um, stay, stay in the moment. And again, the same after you win the second set. So two sets to love now. It must be human nature. Two sets to love. All right, now I'm looking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when I sort of, I actually, um, I didn't break down in the, in the chair, but I knew that that's the moment when I knew I was like, I've got, I've got him. But it's just up to me just to, then I had to calm myself down. It's a fine line. Yeah, 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 exactly. I remember that. And it just happened naturally. I was sitting down and just like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, all these emotions going through my mind. And um, I had to take a few extra deep breaths and, and walk back out there and, and, and serve and start playing a third set. And actually, I'll get to that point where I had to serve 
uh, for the match. And it happened. It happened again. It just, it was a naturally, a natural thing that just happened to me. And um, anyway, I got over it. This day and age, you can get coaching from your coach on the sideline. Back then, mm. obviously, you couldn't. Were you someone who always kind of looked to their coach, you know, eye hand signals or just, or, or were you, you didn't need I was, to I was different. Yeah. yeah. I, I controlled my, my way of thinking on, on court. I, I only looked over to my coach and um, my, my section occasionally, um, but I could always hear him. So I knew what was going on, even though I wasn't looking at them. I knew who it was. I knew the voices. <laughs> I knew where they were sitting. So, yeah. I wasn't always, uh, I wasn't that type of player looking over all the time. Before we go to the, the final service game, so I don't know if you remember any of these stats, but I've looked a few up and in the match you had nine break points and converted three. Okay. Bang, 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 three sets, see you later. Uh, he only had four looks on your serve, so only had four break points on your serve for the whole match. I knew I served well. Interestingly, he served at 70% first serve. So that's a okay. That's pretty high. That's big. That's high. Where you served at 55%, but won 80% of those first serves. So that suggests to me maybe you were just unloading bombs. Yeah. Is that how you remember it? I, I remember that, yeah. Gee, what a stat. Yeah, I, I, I was going for it. I did. That was part of the plan. I mean, like, but like his returning, even though he's a, a, a top doubles player, I, th- I thought his returning was, wasn't up to that standard compared to some of the other players. But, uh, you, you know, hearing this stat, and that just brings back memories a little bit that I did go for my serve. So, and when they did go in. Was your returning a lot of chipping and keeping it low, like you were saying earlier? Yep, yep. So I did a lot of practice of that with, with Larry, just chipping, just chipping to the feet and um, trying to make that first, make him make that first volley, popping it up and then going for the, for, for a winner. Well, it worked. It did that day, yeah. Tell us about the final game then. So you get up. Did you come from this chair? I came from the chair. It was a change of change of ends. Yeah, I was serving from the city city end, and can't remember every point. But like I said, I, I just remember that that match point and um, getting to that, and the crowd was going nuts. Family, friends, people just just banging and stomping on the, uh, you know, on the seats and and, and everything. And um, I just had to take a few deep breaths, and that's when I decided like I'm surviving here. I'm feeling good, <laughs> and I uh, just went for it. And it, and it, <laughs> it was a forehand volley uh, into the into the corner. So yeah. And then the arms went up. And then when he didn't, the, the ball didn't. Yeah, exactly. The ball didn't like it was just a clean uh, volley winner. And um, yeah, arms went up. And I was like, oh well, just one. I'm just beating Max and um, went around in the, uh, the Australian Open. So yeah. What happens next? You uh, fight, fight your way through the adoring crowd and uh, get back to the locker room. What's what's the feeling? Yeah. So the feeling sitting sitting down, just like wow, a lot of people there. Had another friend of mine, Paul Hamilton, who who worked security at the time. So he he was there for the match and and he escorted me and helped because quite a lot of yeah quite a lot of people there actually and just to get through it was really hard. From memory, you had a bit of a cult following in Melbourne, in in Australia. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, and um, so <laughs> yeah, so he was separating the crowd and, and trying to make me get through. And at the time, agents were like, "Put the cap on, put put the cap on." And I was like, oh, "You could get these little things." And um, you'd never been in that situation, had you? 
Yeah, that's right. So um, I had a few cameras around and look, it was just like a, it, it, yeah, it was a great feeling and, and just getting through the, through the crowd. It was just funny because like Paul and I, he was just like, he's laughing, I'm laughing. I was like, Paul, just get me back. <laughs> so cause it, was, it was really hard to, I couldn't get through. So he, he did a great job. So, you know, back then as well, like it wasn't the, um, the Melbourne Park as it is now. So we had to walk a long, a long way. Yeah, he did a great job and he got me through and then I, I yeah, through the underground. And I'm sure somehow you were glad it was a long walk though, just to soak it up for those few extra minutes, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I was and friends were just yelling and also family and you know, brothers and sisters getting through and, and, and giving me a hug and, and stuff, just jumping on me. So it was quite funny. Yeah, it was good. And, and it was just, Again, you know, a special moment, you know, being a Melbourne boy and, you know, you, you, as a kid, you're watching this on TV and, um, you know, some, some of the great players and, you know, you're, you're amongst it and you actually win, win around. It's, um, just a great feeling. It's not many players in the world that get to win a match in their home slam where they live, is there really? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So it was, that's why it's a, it's a special occasion. I mean, there are other matches and, and tournaments that I, I, I remember quite well, but, but this one is, uh, that's, that's quite special for me. Uh, having been, been from Melbourne and it's just a special event. It's Grand Slam in your home, hometown. So this, the second round you played. So Mooney wouldn't have been seated because you played a seated player in the second round, Macau Usni. You obviously couldn't continue the run, unfortunately, but what does a win like that? against uh, Max Mooney due to you, considering you're ranked 250 odd in the world. You know, obviously you get a little bit of extra money to travel with. Um, I assume the confidence builds. But then as most Aussies do, you head down to Tasmania for a couple of ITF slash Challenger events straight afterwards. And your next four tournaments, I think I looked it up, you netted around $1,000 in total for four tournaments after, after the Australian Open. So how hard is it to get back to that ITF circuit after having a, a good taste of a major? It's it's quite hard. It's quite hard going back. But like I was just one of those players where I was like, you know, I took it on the chin. It's like I have to strive to get there. That that that's how it is. And um, try to build up from get your ranking back up. Try to try to be there week in week out at at that level. It, it going yeah going to Tassie obviously it's it's tough. You're going from a high to it's not it's a lower tier event. So you know you haven't got the same crowds. Uh, TV, all that, all that kind of stuff. But um, that's what that's what you got to do. That's what, Absolutely. You know, and you've just got to grind it out, basically. But yeah, you know, second round I played Usni, and I was confident in that. You know, he was top ten at the time. I think he was number eight. You know better. You've seen the, uh, the stats. You've looked up the matches, and um, yeah, I, I was actually three one up, forty fifteen up in the first first set, and then. Yeah, that was the first set. And playing really well, he was going nuts. And that's what I wanted him to do. And uh, but then he turned it around and he became more consistent. And, um, yeah, he ended up getting getting me, got on top of me after that. So I think the score was like between 6-3 or 6-4 in the first set. One and two, maybe. But yeah, top player. Um, respect to him. And um, it, it, it was good playing him as well. But, yeah, after the Australian Open, you make a little bit of money. Helps you fund fund the year going overseas and and building on on your game and, and trying to get back up there. Prize money's changed, so hasn't it? You took home fifteen k for the for 
winning a round, I think it was back then, and now it's about 100 yeah. for losing first round. So it's amazing. It's amazing, amazing. A lot of the uh, ex-players wish we were playing now. But even qualities, I mean, it's gone up. I think it's 20, 20 grand first round. It's good to see. It's good. It's good. I, I think it's going to go up a lot more in, in the future. It should, anyway. I think um, if, you, if you're a professional athlete and um, rank safe for top 500 in the world in your, in your own sport, I think you should be making quite a lot of money. So what are you doing now in tennis? You're still in tennis and uh, still coaching? I'm still involved, yes, still involved in tennis. Um, I'm, I'm coaching. I'm on the road uh, at the moment. So I'm coaching uh, Lizette Cabrera from, from Brisbane. Uh, she's back home. I'm in Thailand at the moment with my family uh, for a couple of weeks until we get back on the road. So, yeah, it's been good. We started last end of last year. Uh, she had a good run, good Aussie summer. Unfortunately, she got injured. So I, I was overseas uh, working with someone else from, from Europe until she, she was fit to play, and then we met in Japan. So we started there in Japan around, uh, it was April. So, yeah, she had a good run. Uh, she won a tournament in Spain. I mean, her ranking dropped. She was 119. She dropped about 280, 290. Uh, now she's 200, and she's just in Brisbane, just recovering at the moment. So until she's fit to play again. But yeah. If anyone wants to find you or use your coaching expertise, where can they get in touch with you? Uh, Joseph Suriani at mac.com. Social media is on Instagram, basically. But um, I'm also doing a bit of, um, I'm the uh, tennis director at Scotch College. Okay. I started that last year. That's um, it's different for me. I took up the challenge. So, yeah, just uh, working with the first uh, tennis team. Excellent. And um, we started last year. I love it. I love the kids. Um, I, love, I love the school. And um, it, it's fun. It gets me back home as well for, for the four to six months. And then I'm able to, um, after first term, I've got like a six-month break. I'm able to, to, to travel with players, so that's that's perfect. It's a good balance, actually. Well, thank you for taking the time today to sit down and reminisce about the old days. No worries, Todd. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Joe. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and subscribe to our YouTube channel.